My name is Maddie McGrath. I'm from the class of 2023, and this is my leadership philosophy. My leadership is always evolving. With every interaction and experience comes a new perspective, and I collect them as I go. Throughout my leadership journey, I have valued opportunities to work as a team. I love learning about the leadership styles of those around me and figuring out how my outgoing, energetic leadership fits best on a team. Furthermore, my leadership philosophy is shaped by growth, vulnerability, and unity. A mentor of mine once described leadership through the metaphor of sequoia trees at Yosemite National Park. Sequoias can grow to be over 250 feet tall, and many sequoias at Yosemite are over 2,000 years old. However, they are remarkably fragile. Sequoias have very shallow root systems that would languish against the strong winds of the Pacific Ocean. So how do sequoias survive? They interlock their root systems for support. If sequoias did not entangle themselves with one another, they would easily blow over. I've learned a lot about leadership through sequoias. This metaphor has humbled my leadership and nurtured my personal growth. Most importantly, sequoias have taught me how to channel my loud leadership. For example, joining Mobile United Nations during my sophomore year of high school both shaped and challenged my leadership. After attending just two conferences, I fell in love with debate and diplomacy. However, my debating style was not always diplomatic. While I loved the creative thinking and political awareness associated with Model UN, I loved winning the most. I quickly tied my motivation to winning awards, often bringing others down in pursuit of personal success. My achievements led to greater opportunities, including invitations to selective conferences and leadership positions in the club. Nonetheless, my competitive instincts were limiting my success, especially in leadership. By focusing solely on my personal goals, I overlooked the voices of my competitors and the interests of my team. It was at this point in my leadership journey that I learned about Sequoias. I learned that leadership is a collaborative process. No individual can lead alone, and no single perspective can lead well. Like Sequoias in a forest, effective leaders must acknowledge that they are a part of something greater than themselves. Accordingly, I have developed an understanding that leadership is about growth, vulnerability, and unity. First, leadership is about growth. Sequoias can grow up to 250 feet tall, which is inconceivable to me. However, effective leaders possess the same potential to grow beyond what seems possible. Sequoia trees are always growing, as are leaders. Leaders must capitalize on opportunities to grow through intentionality and reflection. By accepting feedback, reflecting on their experiences, and setting goals, leaders can identify areas of strength and improvement. Accordingly, leaders can maximize their potential to be as strong as sequoias. When leaders focus on their reflective journey, they continue to grow. Second, leadership is about vulnerability. In order to survive against strong Pacific winds, sequoias must rely on one another for support. Likewise, leaders must be vulnerable to persevere through adversity. Leadership does not come without struggle, frustration, and burnout. Needless to say, the past year has been particularly challenging amid uncertainty and disconnect. In such an exhausting time, leaders carry on. I carried on begrudgingly, losing motivation during Zooms and feeling distant from my passion for leadership. However, practicing vulnerability allows leaders to overcome challenges through connection. In the wise words of Brene Brown, Human connection is strengthened by feelings of worthiness and vulnerability. Open and vulnerable leaders are capable of forming stronger relationships with their teams. By maintaining strong connections with fellow ELP facilitators, I developed a support system. Just as sequoias rely on one another to withstand the forces of nature, effective leaders must rely on their community to withstand adversity. Lastly, leadership is about unity. As I previously mentioned, leadership is a collaborative process. 
a leadership team is most successful when comprised of diverse perspectives and experiences. Furthermore, leaders must remember the common purpose of their efforts to stay motivated. Whether it be running a student organization or protecting a national park, leaders must be united in their purpose. Likewise, effective leaders must place this purpose above their individual interests. Few people travel all the way to Yosemite National Park just to see the tallest tree. Rather, they seek to witness the beauty of thousands of sequoias united in strength. Leaders should focus on such unity and purpose in every action. Overall, my leadership philosophy is rooted in lessons from sequoias. These lessons in growth, vulnerability, and unity have fueled my passion for leadership. During my time at BC, these lessons have compelled me to grow as a student, leader, and friend. From improving my diplomacy and model United Nations to understanding leadership at BC, sequoias are a symbol of compassion to me. They remind me to practice vulnerability, express gratitude, and maintain strength. Through this metaphor, I have learned to channel my energetic leadership into active listening and thoughtful collaboration. My final message is this. Like sequoias, compassionately entangle yourself in the lives of others. In doing so, your leadership will thrive and grow. Thanks so much, Maddie, for sharing your leadership philosophy. I think, you know, learning how leadership works through sequoias is such a fun and new way to look at it. And I think that our listeners can really learn a lot about what you said. Um, I do have a few questions for you. And my first one is, you know, you share that your leadership philosophy is rooted in these three values of growth, vulnerability, and unity. What do you see as the link between these three values? Thank you, Sophia. Um, I think overall in my BC experience, what has really guided my leadership in regard to growth, vulnerability, and unity has been um, the Jesuit values that shape BC as a school. And so practicing reflection has been somewhat of a new thing for me since coming to BC. I went to a public high school. I didn't really know a lot about reflecting intentionally on my leadership, my experiences, or my values. And so I think the self-awareness that comes with being at a Jesuit institution um, and being intentional about the way that you see yourself and the way that you see your leadership is what links my philosophy together. And that's what's, I think, allowed me to be an effective leader and effective mentor is being aware of myself and my surroundings. Awesome. I could really see that. And I think a follow-up question I have to that is, what has been your most challenging value to learn in your leadership journey? I think vulnerability, without a doubt. Um, which is ironic because I think we spend so much time in ELP and in so many different elements of BC talking about vulnerability and being open, being authentic. And I think that there is somewhat of a concept conceptualization that you need to be doing the most, that you need to be the highest achiever you can be in leadership. And for me, a lot of the way that I see effective leadership is putting my all out there, giving one about 1000% to what I do. And that achievement mentality does not leave a lot of room for vulnerability at times, because I think I find myself focusing a lot on getting things done, getting things done well, whether it be um, in school, in leadership, in any other activity I participate in. And so the hardest thing for me to learn, I think, in leadership has been the value of taking time to lean on other people and to share um, what I'm thinking what I'm feeling about any endeavor that I pursue. Um, I think that retreats like 48 hours and Kairos have definitely um, enhanced my understanding of vulnerability, but I would say that would be the one that I've had to put the most intention on developing. 
I really appreciate that answer. I think vulnerability is definitely something that we can all work on as leaders and is really essential to growing in your own leadership. Um, my next question for you is about your final words of advice, which were to entangle yourself in the lives of others. So I'm wondering, have you ever experienced any hardship in this task? And how do you balance learning and growing with others while also creating your own individual leadership? Yeah, I actually have a really good anecdote to go along with those final words um, about entangling yourself in the lives of others. That piece of advice was actually given to me by a mentor in high school. Um, he was my Model UN advisor, Mr. Joswick. And he said this to me at a time where our team was really struggling to find unity, to find cohesion amid a lot of internal and external struggles on the team. And um, he said this to me as a way of trying to recover from a lot of uncertainty and a lot of team disconnect. And that circumstance in my high school career has definitely shaped my collegiate leadership career. Um, during that time I was a junior in high school, I was um, very dead set on becoming president of this organization and keeping my eye on the ball and having all of these individual goals for myself definitely caused me to lose sight of the greater good of the team. And I talked about this in my philosophy a little bit as well. And I think that this advice of entangling yourself in the lives of others um, definitely shaped my understanding of leadership then as a senior being more involved in running the club and then as a freshman and sophomore in college trying to navigate figuring out what I want to do extracurricularly while also navigating a brand new place and trying to meet new people. So I personally think that as an extrovert, I feed off of interaction with other people. I think that um, talking to people with other backgrounds and other experiences and just forming those connections is critical to personal growth. And so I honestly think that learning and growing with others and developing my individual leadership have gone hand in hand with me. And that's why I've loved being an ELP facilitator. You know, I'm not just one person um, mentoring first year students. I'm working with a co-facilitator and I'm working with nine other sophomore facilitators as well as three amazing mentors to look up to, to learn from, to get to know. And so I think that taking into account, again, what I was saying earlier about reflection and being aware of your surroundings, being able to apply my interactions with others to inform my own leadership is what has um, really allowed me to entangle myself effectively in the lives of others. Thank you so much, Maddie, for sharing that anecdote. I think it perfectly tackles that issue. Um, it definitely is a um, issue that requires balance at the end of the day. Um, my last question for you is, you know, you recognize that this year has been a difficult one. <laughs> For connection and motivation and so many other things. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on how you have had to work to continue to create connections and maintain motivation amongst a really, really difficult year? Definitely. Um, well, I just said I'm a huge extrovert, so having to be physically distant, socially distant, socially isolated at times um, has really weighed on me in the past year in terms of the way that I see my relationships at BC, my extracurriculars. Um, and it's made me look at how I view my life and how I view my relationships hugely. I think that um, going along the lines of 
maintaining connection and finding ways to entangle myself with others um, despite all of these challenges, what comes to my mind first is 48 hours. Um, I went on 48 hours um, my freshman year at the very end, the week before we got sent home. And I find that to be a really weird parallel because it was so much um, interaction and so many new relationships were formed on that retreat for me. Um, and this year I have got to gotten to apply my 48 hours experience as a member of 48 hours council. And so I've been planning with, I think 11 other sophomores, 48 hours, but socially distant. And so I have had a really interesting experience, um, facilitating connection among first year students in a year where they're completely isolated. Um, in a year where you won't have the same freshman traditions to bring people together. And I think that the biggest struggle that I've had, but also the most rewarding one is planning with intention, how to form those relationships. You know, it's not as easy as shoving 100 kids in a room to hear an upperclassman talk. Um, we've had to put a lot more work into creating exercises for small group reflection, for individual one-on-one -on -one, um, conversations and putting more intention on that connection has been difficult but so rewarding for me and I apply that to my personal life too um, you know especially with guest policies with um, limits on how often you can see people to what extent you can hang out with people I've had to be more intentional with my relationships as has every other BC student and so um, I think that the ways that I maintain connection happen through much more intentional thought. And so rather than relying on bumping into someone at a function on a weekend, um, I have to go out of my way a little bit more to make sure that um, my relationships are still strong. And if anything, that extra effort is annoying, but a lot more rewarding because it affirms that despite the gravest of circumstances, relationships, especially those formed at BC that are so special can still last. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Maddie, for coming on today. Um, I have one last question for you, and this is a segment that we like to call BC Hot Takes. Um, so my question for you or my hot take for you is going along with this whole theme of nature that you provided with us, provided to us today. I'm wondering, do you have a favorite season here at Boston College? I do. And first of all, thank you for having me. Um, no question, my favorite season is a New England fall. Um, I'm from the Midwest and Chicago specifically, our winters are very brutal. Um, winter kind of starts early, trickling into fall, but I think that New England and Boston specifically has such an insulated fall. Um, I didn't realize how colorful and beautiful fall could be before coming to BC. So I love watching the leaves change. I love going apple picking. Um, eating apple cider donuts, absolutely all of it. I love fall at BC. Awesome. Well, I think that's an answer that a lot of people can get behind. New England falls are unlike any other. Um, and again, we just so appreciate you coming on today. I think we can learn so much from your perspective on growth and leadership and everything that you shared with us about Sequoias and how that really links to your own leadership philosophy. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Thank you.